Lord Jesus Christ, come among us and be our companion in life, that we may not be the instrument of our own or of any other person's oppression. Amen. Good morning, Concord. I want to thank you for letting me, a resident of Lexington, come here. I know about this situation between the two. Yeah, you won the battle, I know. <laughs> it is good to be here, and I haven't been here for a while, but I see you have a new clergy person, a new rector. Amen. Amen. And the gracious hospitality I have received coming here, I already said to Nancy, is, is wonderful. I don't always have someone waiting for me to park my car or have, have coffee and a kind bar to eat. Because I usually don't have breakfast before I come to church. So thank you for your hospitality. Graciousness, it is here. I just have one question. Is Piccola in here? Where's Piccola? Is she in it? She is. Hi, baby. My dog is in here. Her name is Piccola. Piccola, here I am. Sweetie, Piccola, Piccola. Hey, baby. Give my, oh, now she sees me. Give my baby. Please go over and meet her. She's wonderful. She's my pastoral assistant. <laughs> and thank you for bringing her to church. From today's epistle. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Our progress in degeneracy appears to me to be pretty rapid. As a nation, we began by declaring that all men are created equal. Now we practically read it all men are created equal except Negroes. When the know-nothings get control, it will read, All men are created equal except Negroes and foreigners and Catholics. When it comes to this, I should prefer immigrating to some other country where they make no pretense of loving liberty to Russia, for instance, where despotism can be taken pure and without the base alloy of hypocrisy. Abraham Lincoln, in a letter to Joshua Speed in 1855. These words have stayed with me since November of 2016, and it seems that Last year was the longest year of my adult life. We are in an era of dysfunction in our civil discourse and in our political climate. It seems that the American way is now centered on spin of the truth, maybe not even the truth, lies, misinformation, and it's centered on greed where loyalty of political party comes over, even trumps the country. It's us versus them, white versus brown and black, and there is hate 
instead of making us great. Our society is one that is so fragmented, it's almost as if we are in a civil war. Where those words came from, in the antebellum period, from Abraham Lincoln. Dialogue and vocabulary are now from the gutter. I call it the verbiage of garbage. There's fear-mongering, and there's nothing but division that's being promulgated in our country. And those very people who <laughs> call people coming here seeking to have a better life, the people who call them illegal, forget that they themselves are descendants from the first illegal, undocumented terrorists, Europeans. The loss of the full truth in our common narrative has kept us from holding on to the meaning of our lives and the purpose of our life together. The truth and our common narrative used to give us a framework, but I think that frame has been broken. Many say that they have faith, but today it seems that Christians, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs, Buddhists, whatever religious strain that you are part of, we in America tend to be both at the same time fluid and wanting to be grounded. We want rules and morals, but we don't want them to bind us. They're really only to fit the situation when it's convenient. We want the benefits of having anchors, but we don't want their limits. And so... We face realigning our values and loyalties against our actions and our desires. We say we seek holiness, that we hunger to be a united people. At the same time, we want the freedom to do what we want, to choose what we want. And with a broad brush, we color people from another country as possible terrorists, forgetting that especially with Muslims, Christian history against them and Jews, that we were terrorists in their homeland. We say we want a strong faith, we want to do what's right, but often we create our own doctrines. Jesus and the scripture are not always employed in our daily lives from moment to moment to moment to moment. I know that because it's hard for me sometimes, and I wear that big old hat. And carry a big stick. It is hard. Because we get in the way. Ourselves. We get in the way of getting closer to God and with each other. And often we use our faith as a billy club of judgment and self-righteousness. Or as a whip of arrogance and prejudice. The cross is more like a... Lying in the sand of saying who's in and who's out. And people are more worried in some parts of the Christian church of being correct than rather being right with God. Rather than serving the needs of the poor and those who are disenfranchised. No wonder so many people are turned off and tuned out of the church. We look like hypocrites. As I said, the problem is you and I get in the way. Our egos, our passions, our greed. We're not always able to see beyond ourselves. 
not to see God's will for us. God made a covenant with us, with all of creation. It is universal. That covenant is kept by our relationship with God, and that is a particularity. God demands our total loyalty, but we often are looking for the escape clause. We have a covenant with God, and its linchpin was said in our first lesson today from Exodus. It was sealed in the Exodus. It is the Ten Commandments. But notice those Ten Commandments bring us not only in relationship with God, but with all of God's people. To be in relationship with God means you are in relationship with others. The first three of those commandments that you heard, thou shalt, are about God. Our relationship to God. The other seven, the majority of the Ten Commandments, are about our relationships with others. This is why Jesus' anger flared in the temple. It was being turned into a marketplace, displacing God with money, gouging others, exploiting others, taking advantage of others, using an opportunity to ingratiate oneself. Seven of the Ten Commandments are about how we honor, respect, support each other. And that's why his anger flared. To be with God means to be with others. Our relationship with God is to pull us into conversation with others. That the context of our individual life is with others. We cannot be Christians as solitary beings. We cannot. We must not. The late, and I would like to say great, bishop of the diocese, the Episcopal Diocese of Jerusalem, came to these shores several times and ended up retiring here. And Samir was a good friend of mine. I love Samir. At a conference about racism in this country, he talked about the Christian faith in this way. Samir, a Palestinian a Christian said, The great Christian faith was one on the cross and was born at the empty grave. A faith of strength and love, of power and humility. And that great faith left Jerusalem and went across the Mediterranean, where it landed in Greece. And that Christian faith became a philosophy. And then it moved on across the Asiatic and went across Italy and landed in Rome where that faith became an institution. It marched on across Western Europe, came to the shores of the Great Seas and went across the Great North Sea and landed in the British Isles, where it became a civilization. And finally, that great faith, born in Jerusalem, came across the mighty waters of the Atlantic Ocean and landed here in the Western Hemisphere on these shores of America, where it became 
an enterprise. An enterprise to take land from Native Americans, using the gospel saying, we're making them Christians. Or to go into the land of Africa and bring my people here. and say, we're making you Christians by degrading us. That was the enterprise of Christianity at the founding of this country. We are in a covenant with God. And we must engage in that covenant of love, of respect, of being in relationship with others and not retreat from it. Because the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. In this time, in this difficult season, the words that come to me constantly are those words I've said at the beginning from Abraham Lincoln. That for me to be in relationship with God, I must address our common life with and in and by God. God has made a covenant with each and all of us. And it's supposed to be and is in our true body politic. We are called to be the body of Christ and to proclaim Christ in what we do and what we say and how we relate to each other. This is the temple of God. It is not an enterprise. But I have hope, even in this season, which will change to another. I have faith. I have faith. I have hope in us, but mostly with God. Because I believe this. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make us holy. Let us live to make all free while God is marching on. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, 